0: Welcome to Scenes of Beauty, a platform that is here to empower you to embrace your most authentic self and celebrate your own version of beauty, whatever that might be. I'm Chloe and I'm making it my mission to help people find and live their truest selves. If you're enjoying listening to the podcast and taking things away from it, hit the follow and subscribe button, share with friends and on your socials. I'm at the very beginning of the Scenes of Beauty journey and it helps more than you know to grow the platform. Kristen Such is a mindset coach from LA that specialises in helping women heal self doubt and build confidence so that they can live a more enriched and fulfilled life. I love talking to Kristen because she's really relatable and an empowering voice for us all to listen to. How she talks about mindset and healing kind of blew me away. She's really, really knowledgeable, but she keeps it quite raw at the same time, which I think is needed. Because there's so much information out there, almost too much at times, on self-development and self-help and self-growth and healing that I think sometimes it can counteract what it's trying to do. So I really tried to ask Kristen questions and gain some clarity on what we hear every single day. She's all about getting rid of the BS and getting straight to the point so that we can really understand and taking what she's saying so that we can then apply it to our own lives in a really realistic and healthy way. We talked about anything and everything from how we're affected by our inner child, self-healing and dealing with trauma, to things like making big decisions, how we apply ourselves in our daily lives and overcoming things that are holding us back. Here's her version of beauty.
1: Ready to pop the question?
3: Hi, Kristen, and welcome to the Scenes of
4: Beauty podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
3: I know. It's, um yeah, it's really, it's really good for you to, for you to join. It's evening for me and morning for you, right? Yep. yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're, I'm sat in the dark and you're in the sunshine, but um, yeah, thanks so much for joining and agreeing to be a guest on the podcast because, I think we're going to have a really good and interesting and in-depth conversation that will be really valuable to hopefully both of our kind of, well, followers, but listeners of the podcast as well. So um, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself and who you are and what you do, and then we'll kind of unravel a little bit.
4: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So I'm Kristen, I'm a mindset and confidence coach, and I help women heal their self-doubt, build unshakable confidence and build a life of fulfillment. This is really unique to the persons. A lot of my clients want to be entrepreneurs. A lot of my clients are just very unfulfilled at their corporate job. And then I have some clients that are just like, I just want to get to know myself. So I work with a pretty broad array of women, but um, all women that are just really interested in being the leader of their life and forging their own path and really not settling for someone else's dreams, but settling for, for what they truly want out of life, so...
3: Yeah that's,
4: yeah. that's yeah. So cool. So just going back a little
3: bit, like what, where did you start? What's your background? Cause I know you had a, a bit of a journey kind of getting to this point, didn't you?
4: Yeah. thank you for pointing that out because a lot of people that are listening or are new to me might think, you know, this is, they're seeing the end result of a very, very long journey. And so um, my journey started a long time ago, but I'll give you the short version. It started probably when I was in my corporate job, Uh, like most, you know, teens, you know, they go graduate college, they get the first job, they're excited, they're just starting their career. And that was me too. I got a job at my dream company. Um, I worked at Under Armour, like the clothing fitness brand, if you're familiar. Not sure if you know it, where you are from, but yeah, um, yeah. I worked at Under Armour. It was a really fun environment. I had so many friends my age. It was really just a great place to work. However, it was not the right place for my soul to be at the time. So I was really upset, depressed. I started in, I had an internship in, um, in, Supply chain, and then I moved into finance when I got my full time job because I had a double major in supply chain and finance. That's how I graduated from college. And then from there, I was just so unhappy that first year. I remember telling my mom, You know, my soul is dying. I can't stay here. This is not for me. And I decided to try a new sector that was, you know, just a little less numbers and, you know, just monotony. Um, So I went into an HR role for about a year. And again, like all of these roles were great. They were so fun. They were truly a great place to be in the corporate America world, right? But I was just still so unhappy. And I knew that that was a sign from my soul that that was just not where I was supposed to be. So while I was there, I was saving up a lot of money because I knew eventually, like I was like, I am out of here soon. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know how it's going to unfold but I am leaving. So I sp- sa- saved up about 6 months of livable income at the time. And then from there one day I think I just took the leap. I I was so nervous to do it, but there was an opening for like an assistant at my yoga studio. And behind the scenes here, I was like going really deep into my spiritual journey. I got my teacher training certification. I was starting to teach yoga. And this role opened up. So I just was like, okay, I have my money saved up. I'm going all in. So I quit my job. I taught yoga for a year. And while I taught yoga, I was hosting retreats. I was trying to start a freelance marketing business on the side. It wasn't going too well, but, you know, I was learning. I was growing. And I just took this year to find myself. I I, myself was working with, you know, my own mentors at the time trying to help me find who I was. And then COVID hit. (laughs) So obviously (laughs) yoga, you can't teach yoga during a pandemic, right? So when COVID hit, it really forced me to just kind of like figure it out, right? And I had seen a few coaches on Instagram and I was like, what's this whole coaching thing, you know? And I had always been the person who really just always gave advice. I had gotten really comfortable using my voice in yoga and i just kind of had to go for it because truly it was like try to start a coaching business or not pay my rent (laughs) that was my two options right and thankfully i did have some money saved up so i wasn't like in too much of a pickle but i i needed money within the next two years right and i always attribute my success as a coach to This idea that there was no plan B for me, you know, a lot of people have this fallback. And I think that that's why they don't push themselves as hard as they, quote unquote, can or should. But during that time, those two years, I really just remember being like, this has to work, like, there's no choice, like, I can't not show up, right. And so Fast forward to two years later, now I own my own six figure coaching business. I am really in my purpose, but I just wanted to kind of share the whole journey so you can see like, it's not like I just quit my corporate job and started my business and like it was successful. It was, that was like a two year period where it unfolded and it was a lot of trial and error, failing at, you know, the marketing role, whatever. So I hope that wasn't too long winded, but that's my story.
3: No, not at all. And I think, I think it is really important because I think a lot of the time we see people who are quote unquote successful in their own right and they have found their purpose and they're happy in what they've done, but we don't see the struggle and the journey that they've been on to get there. And I think, yeah, thank you for sharing that because I think it, it puts, gives perspective to what we're about to talk about. You know, you've lived through I mean, really interested in the fact that you kept referring to your soul then. Um, so you've, you know, you've you've lived in this spiritual mindset that we haven't got into it yet, but I feel like you've grown into more of a, a, a belief of spirituality. Um, yeah. and that kind of helped you on your journey. Um just talking about your soul, like just talk a little bit more about that because. I understand what what you're saying when you when you're saying it because I feel exactly the same thing and for me a soul is a feeling of stepping out of what social society tells us to be and stepping into who you are but what is what does a soul mean to you because I I think it probably can mean something different for for different people
4: yeah for I've never really gotten this question so thank you for asking I'm going to try to decipher it in you know English the best I can. (laughs) We'll pick it. But really, I think that it's this, like your spirit, you know, and not like your spirit, like rah rah, like the spirit self, the person who is not the body, not the ego, not the mind. It's this eternal being that's inside of you that I believe has probably been on earth many lifetimes and is always learning and growing and evolving. And the only purpose that it's here on earth is to grow and learn the lessons that it signed up to learn, right? And so when I'm referring to my soul, I'm kind of referring to the eternal part of myself that I've been getting to know and uncover and remember as I go through this life.
3: (laughs) No, that makes, that makes complete sense. And I think as you grow and you get more familiar with it, you become more whole. I was going to say you learn about yourself, but I think you do anyway, because it's life. And I think you, you continue to, to learn about yourself, but I think you become more, yeah, more fulfilled.
4: Exactly. And I think that the whole point of the human experience is to come back into your wholeness. And what I mean by that is You know, a lot of us are walking around with, and actually not a lot of us, everyone is walking around with limiting beliefs, with feelings of undeservingness, with feelings that we're not good enough. And I think it's just, we're all coming home to the fact that we all are whole, worthy, abundant beings. It's just kind of breaking through the societal construct, the limiting beliefs that we were told you know, all of this kind of gunk that's in the way and remembering who we really are, that we're, you know, a piece and we are God. Um, And that might be a little too, too deep for, I don't know, but I'm just going to speak my truth here. And I really think that, you know, I love the quote that's like, you're not a human having a spiritual experience, experience, you're a spiritual being having a human experience. And I think we all are spiritual beings just having this human experience to help our soul grow and evolve into like the next version of whatever the soul becomes.
3: Yeah. I think that's really interesting. And I think I've been quite spiritual for for the past few years, but for me, I've never fully believed in myself until I started reading into spirituality and learning more about myself. And so I think you're completely right. I think he, it's a
4: depth that you don't get unless you start to look at yourself in a different way, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think it helps you not take life so seriously, if that makes sense. So whenever I'm really in the mud or even when I was like quitting my corporate job, I I say it with ease now, but it was not an easy thing at the time. It was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made, but I really try to do this exercise and I give it to my clients too. Whenever I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, this decision is so big. I'm so overwhelmed. I try to like I know I'm looking at my life from five feet up and I try to zoom out from 500 feet up, like from a soul level, like looking down at Kristen, right? Almost like I'm this 3D being. And I'm like, okay, what does this little 3D being need to do in order to reach her next level? And it's like, she does need to quit her job. And then, you know, obviously the fears arise and the limiting beliefs arise and that's where the work needs to be done. But it's like, I always remind myself, we're not trees. If we don't like where we are, we can move. I can always go back to that corporate job. I could still go back to a corporate job. Like it's been three years and I never fucking will. I promise you all, I never will because that's not the life for me. I would rather wait tables the rest of my life. But, yeah. you know, I can. And that's always an option. And I have free will to do that. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I also want to quit my job my my advice for you is to stop taking your life so seriously because it can seem like such a serious thing and it is right we have money we have we need security we need whatever but you can always go back and if you set yourself up to make that decision in a smart way like I did saving up money and just working on my mindset you can do it so
3: yeah I yeah I fully believe that and I fully believe that you can um you can achieve whatever you want to achieve like nothing is impossible Um mm-hmm. if you've got goals then then go about them but I think you're right in being sensible and, and taking precaution and knowing what you're getting yourself into as well Um just we haven't we're talking and talking without even getting into it but I just want to go back to the time where you quit your job and you face those challenges because I've been through it and I think a lot of people listening will have been through it in that they're either feeling pressure to want to do something but not have the time to do it and also not be or feel like they're not in a position to leave their full-time corporate role but they know that it's not for them or there'll be people listening who are in that place of I'm moving from role to role and I've left my corporate job because it wasn't for me and I want to be more creative and I want to do something that's more fulfilling but my head's in a spin like what what is the advice for those people because it's a tough situation to be in you know
4: Yeah and you know I really think that the preparation for quitting your corporate job is the hardest part right like the actual quitting of it anybody listening could go in tomorrow and quit their job right? That takes one minute to put a meeting on your boss's calendar and then have that conversation, right? 10 minutes maybe. But it's really the preparation. It's like believing that after you leave, you're going to be able to figure it out. It's really believing that you have a skill that's more important than what you're doing at your job that needs to be shared with the world. So my advice is to really look at your mindset because at the end of the day, your mind is the only thing holding you back. Nobody is shackling you to your desk. Nobody is holding you at your computer saying, don't, don't quit your job. No, nobody is forcing you to stay there. And that was a really harsh reality for my ego. You know, I made up all the excuses I could for two years straight. I can't quit right now. I'm too busy. I don't have enough money, blah, 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 blah. It's not a good time. I'm too busy at work. I want to finish this project. There's always going to be excuse for why you can't leave. But at the end of the day, those are all excuses just trying to keep you safe and trying to kind of keep you in your comfort zone and so the first thing is i would do is when i say just quit your job tomorrow pause take a moment right now and take inventory of the excuses that are coming up in your brain because Mm -hmm. all of these excuses are just simply the limiting beliefs that are waiting and wanting to be healed and when you can heal these limiting beliefs and really look at the mindset work and the, the work I do with my clients is very much just mindset work because it's only your mind holding you back and they can see that and they know that. When you look at the mindset work there and align it with aligned action, that's when you're going to be able to make the change. So my advice for anyone is to dive into their mindset and really focus on that, whether that means filling your ears with mindset podcasts, whether that means reading a mindset book or really for me, a big thing that I did was I like filled my feed. I filled my ears. I filled my research. I filled my YouTube with all just people doing what I wanted to do. Entrepreneurs, people who left their nine to five, people who were traveling the world just to kind of show my brain. Oh my gosh, it is possible for me because one of the things is everybody in my immediate life was also at a corporate job, climbing the corporate ladder. So I wasn't seeing anywhere that it was possible for me to trailblaze this different path. So I had to go seek that out on the internet. So I think it's amazing that you're, you know, if for whoever's listening that you're listening to this podcast right now, because you're filling your ears with me telling you it's possible, but you just have to continue to do that and work on that mindset because it's the biggest piece of the puzzle. The money's a big piece too, but this is the bigger piece I think.
3: Yeah. It's a constant battle with, your subconscious and your conscious right is that right
4: absolutely because consciously you want to quit right like if that person is like I do want to quit my corporate job consciously you do but why aren't you doing it because your subconscious mind's main focus is to keep you safe and out of trouble and all those limiting beliefs I can't do it it's not the right time those are trying to keep you safe right and so the work I do also with my clients is highly in the subconscious mind because that's kind of the driver of the vehicle right it's like the steering wheel even or maybe the gas pedal we'll say you know even if you want to turn your wheel right you need to press on the gas which is the subconscious mind in order to to actually move there right and so if your subconscious mind isn't on board you won't be able to do that yeah um on limiting beliefs as
3: you know we've we've all gone through childhood which we'll talk about in a little bit but we're kind of filled with limiting beliefs and we're kind of filled with thoughts that stop us or can stop us from moving forwards how do we start to unravel them and overcome them so that they're not blockers
4: yeah so the modality that is my favorite, I think that there's thousands of modalities that you can do to overcome your limiting beliefs. And you really just have to find the one that resonates with you and feels good and works for you, right? Mm-hmm. I tried everything. I've tried a lot of a lot of stuff, right? But the thing that really worked with for me is healing my limiting beliefs through inner child work, right? So what I want to remind everyone is that they came onto earth as a baby, as a whole beautiful being no baby comes to earth with limiting beliefs, right? We're not born with these beliefs. Mm-hmm. It's our conditioning. It's what we hear. It's what we see. It's what how people treat us that kind of forms our view of the world and how to stay safe in the world. So from zero to 14 years old, we're all kind of just learning, how do I stay safe in the world? Okay. I danced and people made fun of me. Okay, don't express myself, right? That's a limiting belief. Okay, my dad says I have to work hard in order to make money. Okay, I have to work hard then. I'm only gonna get money if I work really hard. That's a limiting belief, right? All of these things that our parents and teachers and everyone tells us, they become beliefs that we kind of live our life by, rules that we live our life by, right? And so it only made sense to me when I learned this that in order to heal these limiting beliefs, we have to go back to where we picked them up and essentially rewire them because these are all just neural pathways that are firing in our brain and so with my clients what i do is i help them through a process to to really track down where these limiting beliefs started or where they picked them up and then we go back to the root within a hypnosis and a meditation and we really give ourselves what we needed in that moment right so i did have a limiting belief like my dad told me you have to be a doctor a lawyer you have to be a business person in order to be successful i would often in my um in the time i was overcoming these limiting beliefs and trying to quit my corporate job i would go back to my inner child which is just essentially the child self within all of us and go tell that little girl You are going to be successful if you follow your soul. That's actually the only way you'll be successful. You need to follow what lights you up. You're not going to be successful if you become a doctor, a business person, whatever, right? And so by healing the limiting beliefs, we got to go back to that subconscious mind, back to that child self and tell her, give her the validation, give her whatever she needs to hear in order to kind of change the belief up and help her move forward, yeah confidence does this make sense or am I just talking gibberish
3: no it does really make sense I'm going to question it a little bit now so Mm -hmm. does is that the same as because I I talk a lot about building because I've I talk about it on my channel a little bit but I've had a lot of therapy because I have a lot of insecurities about body and weight and Mm -hmm. so what I do is build a relationship between the two my body and my mind is that the same with your inner child? Do you, is that the same as when you're saying there, build a dialogue between or talk to that child? Is that the same as building a relationship between the Definitely.
4: two? And that's actually just what we're doing with inner child work is we're building this relationship with our child self, right? And so in your case, I would actually ask you, when was the first time that you got shamed for your body, right? And if you can remember that time, what I would really prompt you to do is like use a meditation. I have one for anyone listening, an inner child mm-hmm. meditation, but you can go back into the meditative state, get down to that subconscious mind when you're really relaxed, and then go tell that little girl, I want you to think of literally 12-year-old Chloe right now or whatever age you were and be like, your body is so beautiful. You actually look so healthy and beautiful, and this is the most beautiful week for you, right? Right? And when we can actually give that little girl the validation she needs, you know, she probably got, I don't know what happened to you, but maybe shamed or made fun of, or, you know, was insecure about her roles or whatever, you know, I've been through it too. Yeah, It's like, we give her that validation and love that she never got. And she actually feels better inside without anything outside changing. That's like the real magic of inner child work. Cause let's just, you know, compare it to this this body stuff, the body image stuff, a lot of girls go through that and they think what's going to help them feel better is like this external thing, like they lose weight or somebody dates them or you know, people tell them they're pretty or they get cute clothes, whatever. They think this external thing is going to fix them. But that external thing is never for sure and can always be taken away from you. Yeah. What can't be taken away from you is you loving and accepting your body how it is, right? So when we can go give ourselves the validation that we crave, the love that we are craving from externally. Oh my gosh, how powerful that we get to change our inside state and how we feel about ourselves and nothing outside had to change. You know what I mean? That's fucking powerful. That's like, that's, that's everything because no one can take that away from you. And now you just like unlocked your confidence that again, no one can take away from you
3: yeah when did you start getting deep into this in a child work and why
4: yeah I mean
3: I just find it fascinating
4: of course so when I told you guys in the beginning like okay the story is really long but I'll just give you the short version a lot of people think it's maybe young but I had my quote-unquote spiritual awakening at like 17 years old so I started going to therapy when I was like 17, maybe even 16, but I'm just going to say 17. And I started learning about all of this stuff. My therapist was doing inner child work with me. My parents went through a really bad divorce and I was just a really angry teen. And so that's why I started going to therapy. My beautiful therapist actually ended up being very spiritual and she was an intuitive um, for, you know, those listeners that are open-minded, she was an intuitive and she kind of could see and sense what was going on within me. My mind was opening up. I was reading all of these spiritual books. And again, I was 17 years old, like 17 year olds are usually partying and drinking and like sneaking out. And I was doing all that stuff too, but I had this other side of me that I was hiding at the time that was like just really opening up to my spirituality. And so I started doing inner child work with her when I was like 17 or 18, going back to my child self, again, I was like still a child then, but like I was still doing it and opening up my world to it. And then as you know, I grew, I went through college. And I I, that's, that's kind of why I feel like I felt so lost throughout college. And even in my corporate job, because I had like these two different sides of myself. And only recently within, you know, the last couple years, I've really been really okay with being like my most authentic, spiritual, woo-woo ass self. But, um, I hid this part of me for a long time. And during those formative years, you know, 17 to 23, I'll say I was doing a lot of inner child work behind the scenes and, you know, working with a lot of different types of people with it. Um, and yeah, that's really when I started it and I just did it because I had a lot of wounds and, you know abandonment wounds I was working on different things than I am now because I work on a lot of business stuff and being seen now but I was doing a lot of stuff on just like my childhood um that happened and yeah things like that
3: yeah I find it really fascinating and I asked you that question because you know I've I've mentioned a lot on the show but a lot on this episode as well but about therapy and and being open and receptive to this spiritual world if that's what we want to call it but a lot of the time it's about looking forward and healing the now and the thoughts now and not so much moving on from the past but understanding the past but never actually healing it so Mm -hmm. this is a really it's a conversation that's making sense to me and I'm thinking I've 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 thought about childhood and I've tried to understand where things have come from but I've never actually tried to deal with it I've just
4: Mm.
3: registered it and moved on
4: so So, interesting
3: yeah Yeah. it's fascinating to to that mechanism of talking to your younger self you know
4: it's interesting yeah and you know just for all the listeners I would love to make the differentiation between therapy and coaching if you don't mind Chloe yeah yeah so I love both modalities and I'm going to start by saying neither are right or wrong. It's really about the goals that you have. And I myself go to therapy still. So I'm not like, I'm not trying to promote only coaching. I'm just wanting to educate your listeners on the difference. Cause I don't think a lot of people know. Also so
3: in um, in the UK therapy is quite a new concept. It's quite uh okay. it's not mainstream, it's not a quote unquote the norm. It's okay. uh, not really spoken about it's still a bit taboo in the UK this this is is really great this
4: kind of educational piece is is great awesome well yeah I mean I guess depending on where you're listening from you know I think I also live in a very um, open-minded place in the US so in some places in the US it is a little more taboo but I live on the west coast in California and everyone's like talking about healing their inner child type thing so it depends where you live but if you don't If you don't know, that I'm gonna share with you, coaching is, or actually, let's start with therapy. So, therapy is essentially, in my opinion, it's a lot about understanding the past, kind of looking backwards, accepting, you know, it's all about this moment and how we got here and why we're here and kind of just understanding, forgiving, accepting this moment, right? Maybe looking at the past a bit and just being like, this happened. Why did it happen? Talking through it. That's how it's been, in my opinion it's very past focused. Now, coaching is forward focused, it's future focused. And what I mean by that is when I'm working with a client, my only goal is to know where they wanna go and get them from point A to point B in the fastest, quickest, easiest way possible, hopefully collapsing time for them so that if they did it on their own, it would have taken a lot longer than if they did it with me, if that makes sense. And it's very forward-focused. So while I do look at the past with my clients, obviously, in inner child work, because I do that with them, we're not staying there. We're not kind of, you know, sulking there. We're just looking at it and healing it so we can move forward in confidence, right? And so the biggest difference between therapy and coaching, in my opinion, is that therapy, very past-focused, acceptance-focused, forgiveness-focused, understanding-focused, coaching, very forward-focused, Goals focused, action-oriented, let's get you from point A to point B in the fastest, quickest way possible. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. Because I think, yeah, where it is still quite a new concept in the UK, you know, it's obviously been around for years and therapists around for years, but um to talk about it and to the education of it is still a relatively new concept, I would say. So yeah, it's um yeah, really helpful. Awesome. Um staying on the topic of inner child and healing and trauma how let's talk a little bit about like how childhood shapes as we talked about like limiting beliefs um and in that aspect but i think it's really it's a significant thing that we don't realize how deep it is until in my opinion and in my experience you get yourself into a bit of a hell hole and you're like how the hell have I got here I don't know how and a lot of it then stems back to childhood and it's not until you start to do something about it or unravel that you start to realize that still think there's a lot of people that go on through life not knowing that their childhood is shit has shaped who they are and they're just in a a way of living that is subconscious and and then they get to 40 50 60 and they think shit how have I got here so let's talk about inner child and how that builds who we are
4: yeah so I'll try to give you the easiest explanation I can so essentially when we're you know zero to 14 years old I want you to think of a computer that has no software they're offline right And in this time, what's happening is a lot of software is downloading. And the software is the rules and the conditioning and how we stay safe and how we gain love and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and what's taboo and what's not taboo, what we feel shame for, all of these different rules and ways we should be in order to essentially stay safe in the world and get our needs met. Everything, even the self-sabotage, it's meeting some sort of need, right? And so during that time, that's when we're the most imprintable because all the software is being downloaded, right? We're learning. And so anything that happens during that time, even if, you know, your mom is on the phone with her doctor and she ignores you, you might pick up that limiting belief, my voice doesn't matter. Or I am I should be ignored because that's how you stay safe in the world. Or if someone the the um, a really good example I like to give my clients who have the fear of being seen, fear of being seen starts when you're shamed for being your most authentic self. So let's say you're dancing when you're little, and you've all seen kids dance. They have they give no shits, right? They're like they're living their best life, making all the moves, looking like idiots, and they don't care. They have no ego yet, and they don't know. that could be shameful, right? So let's say someone shames you and they go, oh my gosh, ew, did you see how Kristen was dancing? And then now a few people in your class are making fun of you when you're a kid.
2: Mm-hmm. You would
4: essentially get the programming, oh my gosh, expressing myself equals shame. So I better never express myself because I just got shamed for it, right? Mm-hmm. And so you would make the rule in your head, don't express yourself. Expression equals shame unexpression equals love. And that's another really good thing to note is that we are always thinking in black and white as kids. We don't have the logic to think as adults of like, oh, well, they were just shaming me because they're not comfortable expressing themselves. You know, we don't have that logic when we're kids. We're just like expression equals shame, right? Mm -hmm. And so all of these things, these situations that happen to us, you know, our sisters bully us, our mom tells us something, our mom forgets us at school, all of these things shape the rules we make in our head, the programming we have. And then so as we go on as adults, we're really just living out the programming from zero to 14, which is actually insane when you think about it. But that's what we're doing, right? And so we're living out this programming from zero to 14. And those are all the rules we're following in order to stay safe. And if you don't have the consciousness that that's where this came from or the tools to change it, you're essentially just going to be an adult in a kid's body, which is unfortunately what most of the world is, living the limiting beliefs of what you think is possible based on what happened in those 14 years. And so that's why so many people, they are living jobs that they don't like they're doing they're, they they they're living a a life that just truly doesn't light them up probably because somewhere in their childhood they were told that that's the only way you gain success love whatever is because that was the way you do it and they don't see anything differently they don't understand how it can be different and until you have the consciousness to unblock those things you won't be able to move forward yeah
3: it's it's really interesting because if you're not doing what you've always known or be taught to do, you feel like you're doing it wrong. And I'm saying that because I I like you, I quit my job in May. We're in Congrats. Well, I'm gonna tell you, I'm actually going back to work because I'm actually going back to do something different and my priorities and my focuses are different. But for the past three months, I have been like ridden with guilt because. I'm like, everyone else is at work and I'm doing my own thing and I'm programmed totally different and it's been a constant mental battle. And I think that's applicable to whatever. It's not just about quitting your job. It's about, it, it, it could even be about eating or, but you know, we mentioned body mm-hmm. or education or whatever. Um, it's so hard to have that mental battle and that voice in your head to be like, this is not what I'm trying to do. What am I doing? what the hell am Mm -hmm. I doing you know it's a really how do you overcome that again (laughs) yeah
4: yeah. I mean literally the answer to everything I have is inner child work because you can root everything back into your childhood so Chloe I would say you know you mentioned the emotion that you have is guilt when was the when was the first time that you learned that you're supposed to be working that you're supposed to be doing what everyone else is doing like let's try to unpack why you feel this guilt. When was the first time that you learned that you have to have a normal job in order to be successful? Did your parents tell you that? Did you see it um, just reflected in how your family was living? Like when was the first time that you learned that?
3: Um, I mean, I worked from the age of about 13. My dad had a shop. So I worked every Saturday and Sunday in the shop. So why did you work? Because I was told
4: that that's what you do to make money and to survive, you know. Right. Stop. There you go. There's your limiting belief. There's your little inner child wound. You were told that that's what you do in order to survive. So that's your rule that your subconscious is living by. So right now, right, you're doing your own thing. You're not quote unquote working, which is also something that I had to get really comfortable with. Like sitting and doing a podcast is work now, but your brain might not register that as work. yeah yeah. so that's why you don't feel safe right now does this make sense yeah yeah. that's why because your brain is running off of that rule and you're not following that rule right now Mm -hmm. and i'm so proud of you for not but again that's what happens when we don't deal with the subconscious it's like we will go back to the old pattern in order to feel safe in our mind yeah
3: yeah it's a constant it's a constant battle isn't it of And it's really, I find it really hard to overcome. You've got to be so disciplined too Mm -hmm. and and focused on overcoming it, you know?
4: Mm -hmm. And so, you know, your work would be to go back to that childhood Chloe. And my question for you is what would she need to hear from you? That version of you, that 13 year old version of you, what would she need to hear from you in order to be confident enough to follow her own path and know that this is also work? What would she need to hear? And like, don't think of it in literal terms because when you're in the subconscious mind, it's all imagination and doesn't know what's real and made up. Like what would she need to hear and just take the parameters out of it? Um,
3: I mean, like you,
4: I don't really do validation. Would she need you to support her? Would she need you just to say like, Chloe, you are going to be meant for, amazing things different than the rest of the world but amazing you know like what would she need from you like you've got this and you
3: can do like I fully believe now that I can be whatever I want to be you know and I think it's taken me a long time to get from that to this um Mm -hmm. so yeah just just a big old boost of confidence to be honest um and self-belief I think and support
4: you know sounds like what she needs is support and validation like you can do this Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. 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 And so that's your work is to go back to that version of Chloe, and give her that because when she feels safe doing what she is doing now, that's when she'll be able to move forward in confidence. And I'm not saying going back is good or bad. Like I'm, I don't know all the even all the details, so I'm not trying to shame you for going back either. I hope you know that. I'm just trying to equip you with the tools where. If you're not feeling safe in your mind, and hopefully this can give an example for anyone listening, how they can track what's going on. If you're not feeling safe in your mind, what would you have needed in order to feel safe? Because you can actually go give that to yourself, which is the beautiful thing.
3: Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? It's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, just on that then, because you talk a lot about confidence and then I guess that intertwines with mindset. How, how do you work... Or how do you speak about confidence? Because I think as we grow older, confidence seems to be something that either grows and grows and grows because you're living your passion and you're doing something you thoroughly enjoy, you're thoroughly good at, and and you feel like you add value. Or on the opposite side of that, I feel like it slowly diminishes because you're not living your purpose and you're living this textbook life that's actually not in alignment with who you are. So just talk a little bit about confidence.
4: Yeah. So I really feel like I talk about confidence in a really different way than most people. You know, I think a lot of the coaches that I've seen personally on Instagram, they're like three tips to be confident, fake it till you make it, do all this stuff. I look at confidence as like a very internal thing. It's like, it's almost like a sense of self-trust within yourself. It's knowing who you are and then also being able to express that self trust and who you are externally th- to the rest of the world right and the reason i say that is because for a long time i know who i i knew who i was but i was not comfortable expressing this like spiritual side of me i was hiding that side of me mm-hmm. and so i think confidence is again trusting yourself knowing who you are expressing who you are and almost having this really deep of self acceptance where it's like it's okay if you don't like me cuz i like me yeah yeah, is that is that self-love then as well? It's I think
3: so is part of the same thing.
4: Yeah, I really don't like the word self-love, and I'll tell you why. I think it's just has a gets a bad reputation in the industry these days. I really like to talk through self-acceptance instead of self-love because think about your partner. You don't even or your mom or your dad. You don't even maybe your mom or your dad, but like your partner or your friend you don't love them every day but do you accept them for who they are yeah you usually do if you have this really healthy unconditional relationship and so i like to help my clients like instead of going from like you know they're coming to me and they're hating themselves and i'm trying to help them love themselves go from zero to ten and you know a couple of months that's really hard but i can i can help you go from zero to five like i can help you go from hate yourself to accept who you are and that is amazing because that's almost neutrality. And and then we're not shamed for not loving ourselves every day because even on the bad days, we can accept ourselves. And I think that's a better place to be than on either end of the spectrum. Yeah.
3: Can we talk about what happens when you start to accept yourself? Because I find this, like, this for me has been such a game changer in just loving myself a little bit more. Um and it's, it's changed the way I think, it's changed the way I apply myself. So what is that switch when you start to accept yourself more?
4: Well, I think we should talk about what happens when you don't accept yourself. So when you don't accept yourself, that's when you're most prone to self-sabotage, when that's when you're most prone to not doing what you say you want to do. That's when, that's kind of the root of all the limiting beliefs, essentially. It's like, we don't think we'll be accepted or loved if we do this thing. Right. And so when you accept yourself, you really kind of become a little unstoppable in my opinion. Right. And the reason is, is because a lot of what we need is validation and feeling confident within ourselves. But when we accept ourselves, we essentially are giving that to ourselves. We're like, even if they don't got you, I got you. Even if those friends leave you, I'm never going to leave you. Even if, you know, you don't, feel the prettiest today I still accept you and love you for who you are you know what I mean and so it's kind of a hard question to answer like what happens when you accept yourself but I think it's also just when you do accept yourself you I don't know how to say it other than like you become unstoppable because you are giving yourself the thing that you're desiring from the external world did that make sense at all yeah no it did it (laughs) did
3: It's um, yeah, and yeah, it's confidence. It's it's all intertwined, isn't it? In just being more whole, I guess.
4: Mm -hmm. Yep, you just feel a more sense of wholeness, and like you're, you are what you need, and you are what you desire.
3: Yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay, so we just talked about kind of mindset, self. Um, we just talked about confidence, self acceptance, and then when do you see a lot with clients or you might not actually that when you start to accept yourself or move into this more whole version of yourself, is that when we start to feel imposter syndrome or is that before,
4: or I guess it can happen at any point. It can happen at any point, but imposter syndrome to me feels like another limiting belief of just like this belief that you're not good enough now. You know what I mean? Like that you need something else in order to be good enough and again when we can give ourselves that self-validation like you are good enough you're learning and like also just have realistic expectations for ourselves like if it's your first day podcasting and like editing a video you might have a little imposter syndrome right because you've never done that before but I find that truly one of the biggest prescriptions for imposter syndrome is simply doing out of your comfort zone doing what you what you want to do even if it's out of your comfort zone just showing your body and your mind like you can do hard things you got this right and then like the second time you edit a podcast you're going to be like oh i, I kind of know what i'm doing right now and you're not going to have as much imposter syndrome right and so again i think a lot of the work for people is simply really just how do i say this in Sufficient terms being in your growth zone, doing the thing that you're a little uncomfortable doing, and just showing your body that you can. Yeah. Getting out of your comfort zone. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: And then I think just keep pushing a little bit more every time so that, yeah, yeah. it becomes.
4: Yeah, I always share with my clients, you know, there's like three zones of growth. There's like that comfort zone in the middle if you're thinking of a bullseye, then there's the growth zone and then there's the panic zone. What we don't want to do is push our nervous system so much out there that we're in the panic zone and we're like, we, we're like, nope, I'm never doing that again. That was so fucking scary. I can't do that. What we want to do is just always be in our growth zone, which feels like you're pushing your edge. It, in In words, it feels like, oof, this is really hard, but I can still do it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, when you get into an ocean that's cold or a body of water that's cold, you're like, Oh, this is hard, but like, just breathe through it. You know, like that's kind of what it feels like to me. Um, It's like, I can still do it. It's just, it's going to be hard.
3: Yeah. In your experience, because I'm sure you've felt imposter syndrome before when you've been doing, when you first started out instructing yoga, for example, or even coaching, Mm -hmm. does it help when you're stepping into something A career or a a relationship for example that just feels right does that diminish some of that imposter syndrome or not
4: Mm, I think that whenever we're like doing something that's gonna help us grow we're gonna feel a little bit uncomfortable doing it Mm
3: -hmm. does that make sense yeah
4: I don't really feel like I label my stuff at my, my, my fear and my discomfort as imposter syndrome anymore, just because I know that this is the process. I want to also say that that's really important. Like I get out of my comfort zone every single day as an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship just pushes you to your edge and makes you do uncomfortable things. And so I don't really think of it as imposter syndrome anymore. I just think of it as the fucking process. Now I'm like, this is uncomfortable. You know, I had my first podcast a few months ago and I was like, Oh, I'm so nervous. What am I going to say? I was like, you know, practicing like how I introduced myself. And you know, I got on this one and it's like, it's been like my fifth podcast. It's, it's, it's fine. You know, it feels better. And so, I would say, like, if you're experiencing a lot of imposter syndrome, how often are you actually forcing yourself to get out of your comfort zone, right? And, you know, I'll talk to a lot of potential clients, and they'll tell me, I want to start a TikTok, I want to do this thing. And I say, okay, great, how many videos have you posted? Zero, not even one, you haven't even tried it. It's like, yeah, of course, you're gonna have this imposter syndrome, because your mind and your body doesn't even know that you can make a freaking video, right? Even if it's not your face, like just literally a video of the ocean, right? It's like, take those baby steps. And, and, you know, to your point, what I think is really important for people to see, it's like, you know, you asked, did you have imposter syndrome when you first started coaching? Or, you know, when you first started teaching yoga, absolutely. And again, you're seeing the end result. I work with clients every single day now. And it's been like my second and a half year doing this. So I've had a lot of practice on coaching calls. My first coaching call was absolutely free. I posted something on an empty Instagram. And I was like, Hey, I'm starting my coaching business. I have three spaces available for free 30-minute sessions. If you're struggling with this, this, and this, DM me, and I'll give you a free call in exchange for a testimonial. My first coaching call was not a paid call. It was absolutely free, and it was for me to help myself build confidence, right? And so nobody is seeing that right now, but that's where I started with zero confidence in myself, charging $0 for my time. Now I charge hundreds of dollars for to to be on a a 30-minute hour call with me. Right. And so it's really about building up that confidence in very small little steps. So if you have a, um, a dream to be a podcaster or an entrepreneur or a coach or whatever, I don't know what people want to be on here. Instead of saying like, how can I take like the last step? Can you break that last step into like little miniature baby steps? And can you take that little miniature baby step today, which might just be like, posting a TikTok of the ocean just to get used to like the platform and how you post a TikTok. You know what I mean? Like yeah. really take those baby steps. And I think that's what I'm really good at in my business is like taking baby miniature steps every day and like the compounding effect. It's little small steps compound into one big result, right? And so that's what you got to do. Yeah. I think
3: that leads nicely into pressures and you talk about pressures a bit on your channel and I talk about pressures on my channel I think in a very different way however I think it's relevant because we talked about it at the beginning we're so exposed to people's success stories and we live in a time now where social media is so prevalent around happiness or money or abundance and so we don't often see the struggles that it takes to get there and so we put this pressure on ourselves to be at the end when we don't even know what we're doing tomorrow which is exactly what you've just said it's really amazing the progress that you can make by just making those small steps every single day in the right direction Stephen Bartlett talks a load about it at the minute like like Rome's not built in a day we all know that it's cliche right but you everyone takes baby steps it doesn't matter whether you are Steve Jobs or whether you're me trying to start a podcast you know it's it's about being active every day towards your goal but how I think it's really hard to not feel overwhelmed when you're constantly on social or you're constantly being fed which I think we are at the minute pressure to be a certain way to live a certain way to look a certain way to have a certain amount of income, how do you reduce some of that overwhelm in your brain? Because it can be a lot so much so that it has the opposite effect and you just end up doing fuck all because you're so deflated by it all.
4: Yeah. And what I want to say is this never goes away. So when, before I was an entrepreneur, I had pressure to stay at my corporate job and build the corporate ladder. Now that I'm an entrepreneur, you see coaches and they're like, okay, you reach your 5k month, like now 10k month. Okay. You reach your, like, it's like wherever you're at becomes the bottom. And you're like, you need more and more and more. So you're always going to have pressure. I think for me, one of the biggest things that helped, and I think the most uh, underrated thing is really filtering what goes into your mind. You know, like, you know, that, that saying, It's like, you are what you eat, you like shit in, shit out type thing. It's like, I really think that that quote should be applied to your mind because one of the things that I did that I don't really talk about much when I was in those two years that I was at my corporate job and I was wanting to to quit and become an entrepreneur, I was listening to probably six hours of entrepreneurship podcasts in my ears while I was at my corporate job. Mm -hmm. And I filled my entire feed. I literally hid everybody's or unfollowed everybody's accounts that made me feel like shit or made me feel like I couldn't do it or were not kind of like helping me grow. And I filled my feed with people living the life I wanted to, with coaches doing what I wanted to do, showing my subconscious mind, look, all these people are doing it. You can do it too, right? And so I always abide by this. Even, even like I'll I'll give you an example. Last week, I probably listened to four entrepreneurship podcasts or like spiritual mindset podcasts. I'm always trying to learn and grow and fill my ears with what I want to become. And um, I think that's just a really good practice for anyone. You know, somebody watching, I'm sure they want to like become an entrepreneur or they want to do something radically different. My question for you is, how much are you putting in your mind, in your ears, that you can do it a day? And if yeah. it's not at all, if you're not reading any books, if you're not listening to any podcasts, if you're not following any accounts, that's your little baby step for today. I want you to go filter your feed, find one book and order it on your Kindle or on Amazon and find a podcast that you like and start listening to one episode a day while you take a walk. I That's how I wake up in the morning. I literally wake up, my alarm goes off. I put on a podcast to like get my brain going. I go brush my teeth feed my dog, take him for a walk. And I'm like 30, 45 minutes into a podcast. Sometimes I finish one just in the morning. Right. So really just filling your mind with like, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. This is how you do it. This is what you should be working on and not in a way to like give you, you know, overwhelm, but it's just going to kind of inspire you to keep on doing the mindset and the work to do it.
3: Yeah. And it's kind of the same. There's a lot of talk about like surroundings as well at the moment, isn't there, you know, you're a product of the five immediate yeah most of your time with it's almost like we are surrounded by social media and we're surrounded by digital digital material like whether it's a podcast or whether it is a book or a kindle or whatever um, an audio book is that the can you use the same mentality as like the surroundings mentality for what you're kind of consuming
4: absolutely because you know some people are going to be like well kristen you know i i live with my roommate she's really negative or i live with my parents they're really negative i can't get around out these people yeah you're right you can't and i also lived at home for a little bit while i was starting my business too but what you can do is fill your ears with positive people right fill your ears with positivity and fill your ears with just like so much uh validation that you can do it
3: yeah yeah i think that's really interesting and i think Again, if there are people listening who are stuck in a rut or not feeling great or whatever, there is always something you can do about it. Like, and that Mm -hmm. I think it took me a long time to realise this. It's on you to do that. Like, no one's gonna come and pick you you. out and shove you into like a golden ray of sunshine. Like no one's gonna do that. And realistically, it takes time. It takes time, hard work, patience, determination, like effort opening yourself up to opportunity and once you start stepping into who you really are then that's when doors start to open that in my experience anyway um yes. Agree. definitely there's a lot of talk about purpose at the moment and again I feel like I don't know when you're talking about listening to and injecting yourself into this world I did it also but almost to a point where it was too much and I was getting overwhelmed and I was taking in too much information that I was like oh my god I'm reading I'm listening to Jay Shetty and then Stephen Bartlett but he says something different and then I'm reading um Life Pass by Payal who uh, founded ClassPass and she does something different and then I'm reading Roxana Fusi and that's different and then I was getting a bit overwhelmed so what do you do if you if you're doing that because you sound like you're you were listening to people who were inspiring rather than advising?
4: Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't think I really also like, I looked at them to, ins- that you're exactly right. I was looking at them to inspire me and show me what's possible and like help me refine my mindset versus like, I'm gonna do exactly what Jay Shetty's doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, And I think that that's why, you know, and I was also working with my mentors and my coaches to help me refine exactly what I should customizably be doing. And that's what I help my clients do as well. So I would say like, you know, if you are looking for that customized advice, hire some help, you know, or um, go find someone who's doing exactly what you want to do. But odds are, you know, like, those two people aren't even doing the same thing. So they're going to have different advice. And I think that this just also comes with like your growth journey. You have to learn how to kind of take what resonates and leave what doesn't. And, take everything with a grain of salt because, you know, even my favorite podcasters or favorite people that I follow, they might say things that just don't resonate with me. And instead of just being like, wait, do I need to listen to that? Is that the only way I'm going to be successful? Just remember there's millions and millions of ways that you can be successful. You know, even all like, I think a really good example of this is like, Instagram coaches. They're all gonna teach you something different. And like there's no one way to grow on Instagram or one way that you have this magic formula. And if there was, then everyone would be teaching it. No, it's it's really like what feels good to you and what's in alignment for you and trusting yourself enough to run it through your internal filter and say, ooh, this feels like it's resonates. This feels like it's gonna help me. I'm gonna go take a little bit of action on this, or I'm gonna dive a little deeper into this and just Having that filter, but I know at first, you know, when you may not have that established self trust within yourself, you might be really overwhelmed. And if you are, then, you know, take a step back, see what's making you overwhelmed. If it's listening to too many different people and too many different podcasts without taking action, be like, okay, wow, I need a little more integration of this knowledge because I teach that in my programs too. The reason so many people scroll on TikTok and Instagram all day long and don't make any changes is because knowledge is just knowledge without any integration. We got to integrate the knowledge, take action on the knowledge, do something with the knowledge. And you know i think that's something where i have maybe a little bit of unfair advantage is i am an aries i love taking action i'm a risk taker like by nature i'm just an action taker so i was able to take action on all those things that i was learning but for someone who may may not be as fiery as me and may not have that innate action taking ability like i do that's when I would like look for a little bit of accountability, look for some mentorship, look for a coaching program, go to therapy if that's resonating with you, whatever that is, just kind of knowing your style of learning and consuming is also really important. And I think that's part of the growth journey, too, is like finding your unique code for application, your unique code for taking action and, you know, doing it.
3: Yeah. And I think just to your point there about being an Aries and, and you obviously deal with things in a very different way to what I would, for example. I'm a Virgo. I'm not really, I don't really know what star signs mean. I would love to know what star signs mean, but.
4: Oh yeah. I'm a Virgo moon. So I'm like who you are at like in my house. Oh, okay. That's interesting.
3: Yeah. I'm a I'm a Leo rising. Is that what you say? So does that mean yeah, so- I in there somewhere? What is that?
4: So like, okay. So your Leo rising is like who you're becoming in this lifetime. Okay. The moon your sun sign, which I think is Virgo, you said, you said you're, I'm a Virgo. Yeah. That would be like who, who your personality kind of portrays. So like when people meet me, they can kind of tell I'm a little fiery and just like to the point and like no bullshit. Right and then your moon sign which i said i'm a virgo moon it's kind of like you want to think like who you are when the moon is up who you are in your house who you are at nighttime, who you are like behind closed doors type thing so you know i am very like organized i love structure i don't really love going on like a ton of vacations right in a row because i feel really scattered in my brain um and virgos like for anyone who doesn't know virgos like like organization um but So, yeah, those are the three signs. And I mean, I don't, you you know, I'm not I'm not a diehard astrology gal, but I think it, you know, sometimes (laughs) it's fun to
3: learn. Yeah, no, it is. It's really interesting. What I was going to say is, you know, you would obviously deal with things very differently to me. And so just to not compare yourself to what other people are doing, because also that's when you get in a pickle. I think when you're trying to do follow somebody else's journey. And I think, is this right? Like we follow people's journey when you may be new to something or you're not educated on something or you're not quite sure how you're feeling. So you're just kind of replicating behaviors.
4: Yeah, and I think that's like a really big journey to authenticity for me, at least. It's kind of like you just kind of mirror what somebody else is doing because you want to be like them. But true authenticity is like essentially being able to kind of like um, mirror to others who you genuinely are at the core Mm -hmm. and not so much mirroring others, but like being able to mirror your own self and soul. But that takes getting to know yourself. That takes doing the work that takes a lot of inner child healing and like shadow work and self-validation. So, you know, this all is just a process and whoever's like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. Kristen's been doing the work for so long. Like your journey is not my journey. Your journey is very unique to you and you're exactly where you're supposed to be. You're exactly, exactly where you're supposed to be. Like you're in the perfect place right now to reach all your goals right now. You just have to take the pressure off yourself and take the very first step.
3: Yeah, I completely agree. And for anyone who is interested in doing kind of or starting journeys, their journey on inner child work, you have a meditation
4: available on your website, right? yeah if you follow me on instagram which is you know just my name kristen.such um there's a meditation and there's also a master class that you can take and it's again meant for people who are like completely new and they're like i want to try this inner child thing then go take the master class the master class comes with the meditation or if you just are like i just want to dive right in the meditation is there as well um and you can grab both on my profile
3: yeah and i'll put the link and everything in the show notes so that Perfect. if anybody Thank wants you. to go and have a look then they can um, and The final question that I ask everyone on the show is what is your version of beauty?
4: Coming back to that authenticity piece we just briefly touched on, I think my version of beauty is being able to show the world my most authentic version of myself, not hiding any of me, showing up imperfectly and accepting this version of who I am. And yeah, I think my version of beauty is being your most authentic self and that's different for everyone and I think that's why it's beautiful because you can't even replicate it you can't copy authenticity it's just who you are at the soul level to bring it full circle
3: (laughs) no I love that I love that so much and it's (gasps) so true you know we're all so uniquely different and we need to learn more and more to embrace that yes Yeah. thank you thank you so much for your depth and your knowledge and your passion when talking about this. Cause it's, I learned a lot and I, it's so great to, to have this chat with me. So thank you.
4: Of course. Thanks for having me on Chloe. I hope, you know, your listeners and my listeners got something new out of this. No matter if it was a big nugget or a small nugget. Um, I'm excited to connect.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better. Well,
0: you like this episode hit subscribe and leave us a review